Hi, it's Howard Marlow. And Dan Genolfi. Thanks for tuning in to our third Motorlog podcast on the American Shoreline Podcast Network. We're back with our monthly report on the latest from Congress, the Corps, and other federal agencies. Plus, we'll provide you with some of our award-winning analysis of important issues. Our aim is to put inside information into your hands about breaking developments that affect you, your community, and your job. A shout out to listeners uh, who already subscribe to our e-newsletter, it's Waterlog, and also our blog, which is conveniently called the Waterlog Blog. Sign up for your free subscription. Just go to waterlog.net on the internet and it's real easy to do. Let's start out uh, today's episode with uh, what's been on many people's minds, which is the border wall and how that impacts core funding. And then we're going to get into some other water resources issues and challenges. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we can tackle some of those things. So moving right into it, last time on the Waterlog podcast, we had joked about how we should really just give Trump his money for the wall because it's going to lead nowhere. Okay, well, now he's gotten some of his money, but as we predicted... It'll be months before any work can even be approved for the wall. So, Howard, can you give us the latest on what's going on with the border wall and the core? And yeah, feeding right into that, Dan, the Department of Defense uh, came out this week and said it will be months before any work can be approved for the border wall, let alone we're talking about construction. So uh, they've got uh, people deployed there, but those people who are deployed are not uh, doing anything to build the wall. The president has tweeted some things about the fact that a wall is already being built, but the tweets he's put out are repairs of existing parts of the wall. So nothing happening there. Now, there's a little bar, uh, battle going on within the Defense Department because they're not all so happy about a bunch of money being taken from military construction to go to building the wall because there are other military construction projects. Plus, there are members of Congress who have military construction projects in their district. It could be military housing, it could be expansion of a base, it could be a variety of things that have been going on, but press releases are flying uh, about uh, all the things that members of Congress really are upset about. So today, uh, the House is supposed to be voting on a resolution to disapprove the president's emergency declaration. That'll probably get approved in the House and go nowhere further. But besides that, you know, we're just beginning the effort right now to, uh, to see whether there will be any money ever going to build the border wall, certainly during this Trump administration. There's a shell game going on. Because really what we have is a couple million dollars coming from a fund that has no money. That's a military fund, Overseas Contingency Operations, I think it's called. And so there, the administration is saying that they are going to be moving other money from the military into that fund. Why is that important? That fund does not require any approval by Congress. It's off budget. So Congress is claiming, well, you can't do things with appropriated funds because we haven't appropriated these funds wherever they're coming from you know, are, are somehow going into this obscure Overseas Contingency Operations Fund. Now, I think the more important thing for us to look at right now, 
what impact is this going to have on the fiscal 18, fiscal 20 budget that is supposed to be coming out very shortly? So as we look at that, that budget is going to detail, according to the administration, a 5% decrease in domestic spending and an increase in military spending. That is going to be coming out uh, very shortly and we ought to be able to see um, you know, the president's uh, over, uh, overarching view of what's in the budget will come out on, what, the week of the 11th? That's, that's what we've been hearing. So the president's budget is supposed to be out typically the first Monday in February. So it's a little late. About a, yeah, late's, late's getting common now. But. Yeah. And, and, and then uh, the 18th, we should be having a detailed budget. It's not clear whether the core budget, which you have to remember is earmarked by the president, but can't be earmarked or counter-earmarked by Congress. That should come out during the week of the 18th. We just don't know right now whether the core detailed budget, which is known in Washington parlance as the press book, uh, is going to be out in that same time or whether we're going to be going even into the third week or fourth week by that time of, of March. So stay tuned. Uh, we'll be uh, providing information on our waterlog uh, updates that you do, Dan, and in the waterlog blog. Yeah, stay tuned to see how this affects potentially the Corps work plan as well and other other funding schemes along the way. Yeah, I definitely think that uh, the issue will be, you know, what impact it has on the civil works budget of the Corps. This is supposed to be the biggest domestic budget cuts that have ever been submitted by Congress. So, go figure. It's got to affect the Corps in some way or other. Well, that's great. Yeah, certainly stay tuned with Waterlog. We're always, uh, we're always providing updates weekly on things like that that are going on. Uh, let's move into something a little different and talk about uh, other coastal challenges, particularly offshore wind, which has come up recently. Uh, last May, an article came out highlighting how our ports are not equipped with uh, pr proper infrastructure to enable efficient offloading of cargo and goods. This actually presents a really big challenge for the international offshore wind industry uh, that has been trying to penetrate the U.S. grid, uh, but it's hindered by the challenges that lie in our ports. Uh, the gantry cranes, harbor depth, and property, uh, proper utility connections are prohibitive challenges for these industries uh, who are trying to ship vital components of the wind turbines because these things are huge. They're massive. And in order to properly offload uh, some of these modular components, our ports are going to need upgrades. And this challenge particularly presents a great opportunity uh, for P3 partnerships, which Coastal Strategies is primarily focused on. So Dan, speaking of private investment, which is what P3s are, public-private investments, what else can be financed with them? Well, lately, uh, we've had discussions with some of the largest banks in the world who have begun to recognize the importance of investing in resilience projects. Uh, insurance and reinsurance have an enormous amount of cash, and the 2017-2018 uh, disasters uh, were some of the greatest on record. Uh, uh, normally funded through FEMA, Coastal Strategies uh, is looking past the federal roadblocks to, uh, to improve project delivery speed. And by normally funded through FEMA, I mean these projects, not coastal strategies. Um, uh, but we're looking to improve project delivery speed and efficiency, um, utilizing the private sector in particular. Uh, these projects are focused on tidal flooding, stormwater management, storm surge mitigation, and more. And the savings, particularly to insurance and reinsurance, are on the orders of uh, billions. Uh, 
the total economic loss in the past two years is $653 billion, uh, and only $237 billion were, uh, was insured losses. So there's a lot that we can cover by investing in resilience now. And this actually brings up a great, uh, a great this is a great time to bring up uh, what Senator Whitehouse mentioned, uh, I think it was last week, uh, in a letter to R.D. James where he mentioned that funding for flood mitigation has continuously favored inland flooding over coastal flooding, uh, for example, by more than 120 times in 2017, and over the past decade, anywhere between 19 and 120 times. This isn't to knock inland flooding at all, but our seas are rising and the clock is ticking on the coasts. And we think that's the duty of Congress to push for funding and authorizations for projects that influence coastal projects. Um, and it makes it our responsibility as, as constituents to urge our representatives to represent our needs and wishes, particularly along the coast. The federal budget has indicated that the Corps will not be expanding its portfolio, particularly along the coast again. And that's going to lead to future challenges, and that's going to be left up to local governments and communities to determine their fate in the wake of sea level rise and climate change that continuously batter our coast in the, in the forms of hurricanes and winter storms and even just strong winds that lead to erosion. Dan, on this issue of climate change, to make things even more difficult, uh, the president has now created a committee that he says is on climate change, but it's really counter-climate change. And it's a panel that uh, is really not what it sounds like, although he doesn't use the term counter-climate change. He says, oh, we're going to look at how the impacts of climate change. Well, the purpose is really to develop a consensus that continued burning of fossil fuels is not harming the planet and not to counter, uh, counter climate change. But who he's got on it is a big question. Not only that, but they are meeting behind closed doors. They originally were supposed to be creating a federal advisory committee on this. Why is that different than this particular panel that they've created? Federal advisory committees have to meet in public. This one doesn't. It can meet totally in secret, come out with its conclusions, talk with whoever it wants to talk with, and come out with its conclusions, which... Now, are they able to testify before Congress? Uh, Congress really can't get them to testify before. They're all appointed by the president, they're all within the, the, the White House, and they're really not subject to unless they're picking somebody on that panel who might be uh, somehow subject to congressional subpoena. But other than that, you know, it, it's really uh, a sham. And what it, it does is uh, spend taxpayer money denying something which we know is happening. We know seas are rising. We know that climates are changing. We can just see it in the weather here in Washington, D.C., if we can see it here, you can see it in any other you know, community that our listeners are, uh, are listening in. And so I think it's, it's really important for folks to realize something that you referred to. What kind of input can they have to things that are behind the door? Nothing. What kind of things can you have to the budget, to policies? The fact of the matter is you can have a lot. And it's important, and we'll get into this in a, in a blog that I'm going to do, in a couple of weeks before the budget comes out. But I'm going to be talking about what you can do and how you can do it in terms of voicing your opinion to members of Congress. It's real easy, doesn't take a lot, 
And there's also uh, a space on our waterlog site to provide some tips how you can be effective about it. So, you know, to bring, just to bring things together here, the important thing for us as we started out by saying was, we want to put information into our listeners' hands that they can use. It affects them, their job, their family, and the like. If you're going to use it, then you just can't complain about it. You've got to speak up about it. At least I'm big on that, and I know it looks very often like government doesn't listen, but I guarantee your members of Congress are, are listening to you. They're counting the number of emails and faxes and the like that they get from constituents. They, they do listen. We do listen. We'd love to hear your feedback. And we'd like to thank you for listening today. We hope you found today's content enjoyable and hopefully informative as well. We'll be back next month with our next episode of Waterlog. In the meantime, you can keep up with developments by going to waterlog.net, subscribing to our free Waterlog e-newsletter and blog, and also maybe linking with us on LinkedIn. Dan's there, I'm there. We're separate. I'm the one with the face that uh, was made for radio. <laughs> In case you can't tell the difference between us. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks for staying tuned. We'll see you next time.